Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the magical places they overlap. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. The whole time I was talking, oh, I was trying to drink the coffee. <laughs> Today is Monday, September 28. And here we are. Last week of September, last absolute week. My mom commented that you could see the change of light in the mornings now. You really can. I've been sleeping longer. Oh, boy, when I'm writing a lot consistently, I sure do need like nine or ten hours of sleep a night. And I know that that is not something that everybody is able to arrange in their lives. I'm fortunate that I can. But boy, nine or ten hours a night. <laughs> and yeah. It's funny because um, a writer friend of mine once asked me if I only slept, if I was one of those people who only slept three or four hours a night. And I was like, no, no, I'm an eight-hour-a-night girl. I can get by on seven for a little while, and then I... I really need eight. And then like this, um, especially changes of seasons. And when the when I'm writing a whole lot, it goes up to like nine or ten. <clears throat> she was like, well, you get so much done. And I said, yeah, because I get plenty of sleep. So then when I am awake, I get a lot done. Kind of a funny thing. But yes, the mornings are darker and... We're cool this morning, so I'm inside. I'm in my office. It's um, 40 degrees, but feels like 31. Well, it's a pretty stiff breeze. A little storm that came through. It's not supposed to do anything. No precipitation, alas. I guess we officially had an abysmal monsoon season. So, yeah, let's see. It says 43 degrees, um, feels like 35, so it's up a little bit. My mentee in New Zealand said that, <clears throat> that they already changed off of daylight savings time. So that means that uh, if we didn't have a stupid government, <laughs> we would be an hour earlier than this, which is what the real time is. But you guys have heard me bitch about that enough. And we've got another full month before we, a little bit more than a month, because we change on November 1st. Crazy, crazy. I'm tempted to make our own house just like a little mini no daylight savings time zone. But I, that would get, you know, I have enough trouble with time zones as it is. So all I can do is just let my personal schedule drift with the weather and the light. So, here it is Monday. And I did take both days off this weekend, which was good. Um, Saturday was kind of a busy-ish day. I did the kick my ass yoga. That was good. I actually did pretty well with it, too. And... 
Then I did a panel for Love Sweet Arrow Bookstore with the fantabulous Maria Vale and Amanda Boucher. And then there was another gal there, Kate Ballinger, who is a younger writer. She does like cowboy wolf shifter romances. And Danielle Dresser from Fresh Fiction moderated. And I thought she did a great job moderating. It was a fun panel. The the one thing I don't like about these Zoom events is that we're not seeing the live chat and we're not able to see who else is on is watching. And so there's there's this disconnect from the audience and I miss that because one of the most fun things about doing those events is to connect with the audience. And I I wish that there was another way to do that. I should start asking if we can like watch the live chat. But I'll link to that in the show notes. We'll see if I don't. I have the YouTube of the event. So you guys can watch if you like. And then I had a, a meeting with the Safwa board. That was a social meeting. So that lasted a little while. And then a big excitement in our lives, which I realized probably doesn't qualify as excitement. But it is big excitement, uh, is that we are replacing our toilets. Um, David found a great deal for these toilets that are really good toilets for only $99 each. And we are swapping out. We have a two-bathroom house. So David swapped out the toilet in the master bathroom, which is primarily mine, on Saturday. And so I ended up helping him with that off and on throughout the day. It's just so nice. It's so nice to have this fresh, sparkling, clean toilet. You know, because after a while, they get so that you just can't clean them anymore. You know, that the the especially in a place like this where we have the hard water and the places where the water comes out gets the water crystals on it, and so it doesn't really flush well anymore. And it's just um, it's so nice to have the fresh, clean toilet. And, so, and David's going to do his today, I believe, is the plan he had to take yesterday off. Because that was a fair amount of work. That was, um, you know, take took two of us to lift the toilet and everything. I'm grateful that he's handy. He watched YouTube videos, just to be sure. But, you know, he, he used to do house construction. So he's very handy with tools and stuff. and that, So that was nice. But then the most exciting part of this whole thing and I really hope that this isn't TMI for you guys, but that for my for the master bathroom, we are also getting a bidet seat. You can actually buy the bidet seat separate, and that one's more expensive. That's like $340. But when I'd been thinking we'd have to spend like 600 bucks for the two toilets themselves, we had budget left over. So... The bidet toilet seat just fits on top, and it does all of the things. And I'm just so excited for that. My my entire life, I have wanted a bidet toilet seat. And I realize that this is a weird thing to want, but, you know, it's like these daily conveniences that can mean so much to your life. Um, you know, and it's something that's uh, enough of a thing that I even put it in the Covenant of Thorns. For those of you who read those books, um, my scientist Gwyn, who is transported to 
fairyland. Uh, <laughs> she, it, it turns out like that the way to her heart is this magic chamber pot that never needs to be emptied because I've just always thought that having to go in a tra chamber cup pot would be like gross and awful. <laughs> that, that's probably me being terribly privileged, but that's where I'm at. So you could see this is all interconnected. Probably I should, um, I would add in bidets as magical conveniences to my other worlds, but I often think that people probably don't want to read about. Don't I mean, we always do that, right? We pretend that our, uh, our fantasy characters, our fictional characters don't really have excretory needs, <laughs> as it were. Well, it's not romantic. I do work it in every once in a while, though, because it's, um, I do think part of, of love, part of being in an intimate relationship is that accepting about each other that not everything is is lovely and smells like roses, right? Uh, and I, I think, I guess I feel like there's already a strong element of that in our society where there are these guys who somehow think that women are not human beings in a way, you know, that they either think that they're less than human or, or idealized beyond human. Um, you know, and there's, you know, all of these things of bizarre stories. And I'm sorry if you guys mind the scatological podcast today. I'll, I'll put a warning in the note <laughs> in, in the uh, summary. So hopefully we're forewarned. <clears throat> but, you know, like there are those stories about men who attended their wives in the delivery room and were so grossed out that they could never have sex with their wives again. Because, like, I don't know, they didn't know all of that was down there or that they're, you know, whatever. Um, and one time I saw on a advice column, this young woman wrote in and said that she was just mortified and didn't know what to do because she was having sex with her boyfriend and she farted. A fart slipped out and he didn't say anything and she didn't say anything, and she said, and now she's, she was just so mortified. I mean, she was humiliated and in despair and thinking that he wouldn't ever want to touch her again. And it was like, oh, my God, honey. You know, and the advice columnist, whoever it was, was very gentle with her, but she was like, you know, this is something that happens, you know, and during sex, that can happen, <laughs> and everybody does it. It's part of being a human being. So I guess I have worked that in a few times. I did that in uh, Sorceress Moons where the hero um, helps her when she's sick and isn't revolted by it. And I think that's really important. I, I had a long conversation with Grace yesterday afternoon, Grace Draven. She finished reading Epos King, right, reading she finished writing Epos King, and so I am now reading Epos King, lucky me. And a conversation that Grace and I have had any number of times is her book Radiance, which is so wonderfully popular, and why it is that that particular book captured people's imaginations. 
and I saw an Instagram post the other day where the book reviewer was rhapsodizing about Radiance as being one of her favorite books of all time. And she was talking about all the things she loved about it. And for those of you who don't know, the the five of you out there who haven't read <laughs> Radiance, um, it's about a marriage of state between a human woman and a man of the, the Kai, who it's a different race. Oh, wow. Is it really the Kai? Now I'm going to have to look that up. I think it is. I just realized that I named a character Kai in, in the Heirs of Magic series, and that wouldn't be good. I'm, I'm just going to go search right now. I feel like I'm always overlapping with Grace on stuff. I wonder, I'll have to ask her if she thinks that's a bad overlap. That's Since it's a name of a race in her stories, we'll see what she says. Yep, it is the name of her race. Damn it. That was a good name, too. This is for um, Jep and Crawl's son. And I wanted it to be a name that was partly for Crawl, but also named for Kaja, Jep's mother. And I wanted... Uh, a male name. I might have to modify that a bit. Let me know if you have ideas. But I was going to name him Kai, K-A-I, and I thought that worked really well. But shoot. Well, anyway, so he's a man of the Kai, and they are very different. Um, the Kai are nocturnal. They have very dark skin, yellow eyes that are um, more reptilian. They don't have the, the whites of the eyes showing. Uh, very sharp teeth, this sort of thing. And and it's a story about falling in love, despite differences. But what this reviewer gal said about it was she said, you know, said all these different things she liked about it. And she said, but mostly I like that her eyes can remind him of maggots crawling around in the eye sockets because of the whites. Uh, and he falls in love with her anyway. And I think that's a powerful thing. I think about, you know, Loving each other despite our flaws is a is a powerful thing. Or not even flaws, but all the ways that we are less than beautiful. So, let's see. So, yesterday I had that conversation with Grace. We went and picked up the second toilet in the morning. We did it. Went out early and before the crowds and got Starbucks and. Got that and brought it home. And so here's a funny thing about me. I finished reading uh, A Study in Scarlet Women by Sherry Thomas, which so many of you had recommended to me. And it's a much beloved book. And it's a Lady Sherlock Holmes. And I enjoyed it very much. Yes, it was an excellent book. Um, I really liked the characters of Charlotte, Lord Ingram is totally yummy. I don't think I'm going to keep reading. Because um, there's like five books in the series. And the, the fifth book comes out next week. So one thing, the books are expensive, you know, which isn't Sherry Thomas's fault. So, But it does up the scale for how much I have to enjoy it. But, you know, it, it reminded me that I have just never been into the Sherlock Holmes shtick. 
I don't really love Sherlock Holmes movies. Uh, even with Benedict Cumberbatch, it just doesn't light me up. And I know this makes me a weird person, but the whole, I don't really like write, reading mysteries in general. And so even though I thought this was a beautifully written book and I enjoyed the characters, there was way too much time on the mystery for me. And, and don't trot out that I love the in-depth books because I don't think that the in-depth books really count as mysteries. There's not that much time spent on the detecting. Um, and I was talking to David about it, and he said, well, that I was explaining that I was trying to observe myself as I was reading A Study in Scarlet Women. You know, like by the time we got to solving the mystery, I just felt kind of impatient with it. Um, I always feel a level of impatience with the extraordinary coincidences that make the case solvable. And yeah, I just end up picking out the ins inconsistencies. And I did that even before I was a writer. And David said, well, that's not the way you like to solve problems. And I thought, well, that's a really good point. So none of this is apropos of, of really anything at all, except that, uh, yeah, I have just never bought into the Sherlock Holmes stick. You know, and I've read some interesting essays on it. You know, like, how do you create a character like Sherlock Holmes, you know, who can deduce all of these things from minute details, which people find fascinating. You know, and there's a lot of iterations of this kind of um, literary device. But the thing is, is it's always because the author is reverse engineering the mystery, right? I mean, you really have to with that kind of thing. So basically the author is able to take a truth and then pick out certain details for the detective to notice about the thing. And it, it's just not how it would actually work. You just, you, you can uh, make deductions from details, but not in that way, not in real life. And I think it just always, it always bothers me. So, that's where I where I'm at with things. Um, unless you guys convince me that the series is like totally worth reading, if it's just too much Sherlock Holmes stuff, which it's a Sherlock Holmes story, you know, so it should be. Uh, I don't know. I do love the Forbidden Love Affair, so I'm tempted to keep reading for that alone. But I have a feeling she's going to string me along. So, so I was just reflecting on that this weekend. I'll have to think of if there's a a riddle story or a mystery story that I really did love. If there's something out there that really works for me. So anyway, here we are almost 20 minutes in. Uh, my house is clean. Laundry's done. I took care of a bunch of things. I didn't take care of all the things, but I took care of many things. And I'm... Um, a little over 5,000 words into Long Night of the Crystalline Moon, and I'm very much enjoying it. So um, I think this is going to be a really fun series. I hope it's going to be a really fun series. So yeah, I think that's all of my news for the moment. Uh, I'll remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. 
And you can find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.